Today is Saturday, June 2nd, 2012, and this is Radio Wave. The Medge Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Never say anything. James Bamford, journalist for Wired.com, recently reported that the National Security Agency, the NSA, has gotten around restrictions on domestic surveillance and is now monitoring more than 1.5 billion phone calls and emails every day to search for national security threats. Computer processing speeds prevents the NSA from decoding all the messages immediately, and therefore they have begun constructing a storage facility to hold the messages until they can be decoded. Recent substantial advances in building ever-faster supercomputers will soon give the NSA the ability to process all this information. Bamford states, quote, The old adage that NSA stands for never say anything applies more than ever. Our Lady said on October 25, 1993, You are living my messages a little. You talk, but do not live. I love you and wish to protect you from every evil, but you do not desire it. Confiscating Passports As the attacks against our freedoms in the United States continue to mount, reports indicate that the United States Senate is in favor of giving the federal government authority to take away your passport if you owe the IRS $50,000 or more in back taxes. According to House Judiciary Committee member Jim Sensenbrenner, if this were to become law, Americans could lose their passport and ability to travel, quote, without first being found guilty of any crime in a court of law. Our Lady said on July 25, 1988, Little children, do not be afraid because I am with you even when you think there is no way out and that Satan is in control. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Earthquake in Italy A 5.8-magnitude earthquake shook northern Italy on Wednesday, just nine days after a quake with a magnitude of 6.0 struck the same region. So far, the death toll for the second quake is 17, and the economic effects ranging from damaged facilities to destroyed products add additional stress to the already strained European economic arena. The last significant earthquake in this area occurred more than 430 years ago. Our Lady said on September 2, 2010, I am beside you because I desire to help you to overcome trials, which this time of purification puts before you. Youth protests in Spain continue. 
Thousands of youth continue to rally in Spain as part of what the protesters themselves call the indignant movement. Unemployment in Spain is currently at 25%, with the figure for youth unemployment almost double that. Many youth are losing peace, believing there is no hope for their economic future. Our Lady said on March 2, 2009, You have become lost, my children. Your wounds from sin are becoming greater and greater and are distancing you all the more from the real truth. You are seeking hope and consolation in the wrong places. Alabama Blocks Agenda 21 In May 2012, the Alabama State Legislature passed a law that will prohibit the state and any of its political subdivisions from adopting and developing environmental and development policies that, without due process, would infringe or restrict the private property rights of the property owners. Particularly identified in the law are those policies that would be required by, recommended by, or originating in Agenda 21 which was a plan adopted by the United Nations in 1992 that contains many elements to not only severely restrict, but also to destroy the rights of private property owners and private property altogether. Alabama is the only state in the nation to pass such a law thus far, but similar laws are being proposed in several states. In the book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, a friend of Medjugorje writes that inordinate attachment to the earth by environmental extremists earth worshippers and the like is one of the major aired mentalities behind the strong push to force people into complying with the directives of Agenda 21. Our Lady said on May 25, 2012, God desires to give you joy and peace through prayer, but you little children are still far away, attached to the earth and to earthly things. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. It was an event you didn't hear of. Never a warning given. Never reported in the headlines. August 2nd, 1981. A declaration of war. The Virgin Mary appeared at an obscure threshing floor in a corner of the world, in an unknown village called Medjugorje. The Virgin told us that a great struggle was about to unfold between her son and Satan, and that human souls were at stake. All the while, the world moved forward into a war it didn't know was begun. You, between two sides, her son and Satan, Heaven and Hell, Earth the Battleground. The time of separation was started. On which side shall you be? Entering a New Time, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, timeless in its message, important in its direction. Entering a New Time from Caritas of Birmingham. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205 
672-2000. Entering a new time by a friend of Medjugorje. Available from Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, today, the second of the month, uh, for those of you who are new to Radio Wave and Medjugorje.com, this is the day that Our Lady gives a message for uh, a day that she designated as a day of prayer for non-believers. And Our Lady gives a message this day, and uh, in the beginning, Our Lady was speaking to uh, what she referred to as people who did not know the love of God. And over the past several years, Our Lady's message has gotten more and more pointed towards uh, those people who are listening to her messages, her children. And so this is something that a friend of Medjugorje has been pointing out for the last, uh, or actually for a number of years. And in the last several years, Our Lady has continued to confirm that in saying that uh, we are really the ones who are the non-believers. And so the friend of Medjugorje is joining us over the telephone today. Uh, And with that, Our Lady's message today is uh, relatively long. There's a lot to cover over the course of the next hour, and so uh, because of that, there won't uh, be any new music uh, on today's Radio Wave broadcast uh, like there normally is. So, uh, But again, there is uh, a, lot to, a lot to cover. Uh, it's a very uh, packed show, and uh, so hopefully a friend of Medjugorje will be able to cover everything that, uh, that we're able to here in the next hour. So as we begin this broadcast, uh, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. But as always, Our Lady gives us something special with every message, <clears throat> some more significance in the immediacy of it than others, some that we might not think it has an immediacy to it as far as its importance. certainly shows up sometimes in our life when we pick a message later, a year or two, five years down the road. They speak to us in a different way of that, where we may be not in a position to have matured in our conversion to even see the... the message in the context of the way I like to speak to us. In other words, um, conversion means the process of changing your life and growing spiritually. As you mature, you're given more trials because God wants to purify you, our lady said. And our lady, of course, says, do you permit me to purify your heart? Uh, when you're fragile and when you're delicate and you're, you're, you're sensitive to conversion, in other words, the fresher you are to really a sinful life, maybe the easier it is that God comes on you or a lady comes on you with demands. Because to draw you away with harshness or to, to come with harshness is to draw you away. Jesus turned to the adulteress and said, Who condemns you? And then he tells her to go sin no more. Well, she met harshness. There was no, there was no, they didn't even give her time to repent. Here it is, Jesus comes this way. Mary Madeline the same way. And so we have these things of all of us who's called to conversion. So we begin to see how we slowly over the next year after conversion, the errors that we've committed and how our sins have caused another to sin and another to fail. And one of the things of the third judgment would be how deeply our sins affected and how far they went in corrupting the general culture. 
you may not know somebody halfway three states away that somebody you knew, somebody you knew. Jesus says in the point of men, God, that every sin comes from a friend. And so we see this. People leave you in the sin, and you allow that. It's not that just justifies you. And then you do the same. And so there's something beautiful in conversion in that it is all love, it is all mercy, it is all goodness of God, and, and the peace that ensues. And you don't deserve that, and you know that. I'm a sinner, God. Why are you doing this? Why, why are you giving me these feelings and this beautiful uh, encounter with the love of God of yourself? And, of course, Mariana tells us that people who are not believers are those who don't know the love of God. And they've never experienced it. And so when God brings that grace to these souls and wants them to, to feel that, the last thing he's going to do is be harsh with them. Who's he harsh with? Me. I've been doing this 30 years or so. I actually walking before that, 25 years, 26 years, 27 years, but walking the conversion before that even. And th- those those beginning years are always so sweet. But the cross has come later because God wants to purify you of your past. He wants to purify things out of you. And so we have this beautiful time of, of God's fatherly love, Jesus the Son, the mercy, and Our Lady. And so it's a beautiful thing. And so we've we've got people now, though, that aren't interested in conversion. They're, they're sinners. I'm a sinner. But there's sinners out there saying, I am standing up for my sin, and I defend it. We've never really had it that way. We've never had people getting in our face and saying, you're going to allow me, and not only are you going to allow me in the culture openly to commit my sins, you're going to accept it. I want to force you in law to accept it. This is not, like I said the other day, love the sinner and hate the sin. This is, you need to forget that. You need to love the, the person, but not accept them as a sinner. No, I don't accept your sins. Don't force that down my throat. And we've talked about on our radio program repeatedly for years that you you to confront these things. Yes, it's got to be in proper context. You don't go to watch somebody having some sinful parade and expect to do anything there. What good are you going to do? Get yourself killed. But there are times God gives those moments to open it up, and you don't be silent. And when somebody says to you, it's not like, okay, yeah, you, yeah, I know you're a family member, you're a friend, and, and I know you, you're, you're committing sin or, or you're, you're an adulterous affair, but that's okay, I still love you. No, I reject your ways. I don't accept what you're doing. You're wrong for that. I love you as a person, but I don't love you. you you're part of you that sins. I really don't want to be around you until you're ready to repent. Now, there's different methods, and there's those that you might not know, those you might not have the ability to say that, that you're just trying to get in league with, that you can show them by witness that you can do that. You can do that with that, too, being strong with them. Same time, there's there comes a point when people try to ex- generalize no, not generalize, but normalize sin. When people are trying to normalize sin, we don't have to accept that. And we don't have to be passive about that. When I say normalize, I mean make it a celebrity occurrence so there's a general acceptance in the culture, which they have a need to do. People that want to commit sin and stay in sin want that because the conscience won't, even though it's dead in many cases, the, the, they're convicted daily in their, what they see in the culture 
that what they're doing is not accepted. And so they try to gain acceptance of that, that it won't be, and they think actually by doing that it won't be sin anymore. Well, if everybody accepts that everybody's doing it, it's not sin, because everybody's doing it. And see, this is what the big moves are now throughout the culture, through everything. And by doing these things, they think they won't be convicted. And that's why anybody that stands up apart from that and will live righteous, even though they're a sinner, but they live that, they promote that, will be persecuted because you're hated for that. You're literally hated for it. And so we understanding these things, then we know how to deal with, with some of the things that confront us. But nevertheless, the message today is a very profound message. Uh, what does it remind me of? January 25th, 1987. I think that's a foundational message. And this certainly is not that in that way, but it is something of great significance above other messages, at least for the immediacy of it. And that already covers a lot of ground, a very long message. It says many, many things in this message. So, Ruth, I know you're there if you want to go and read all these messages, today's message from Mariana. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's June 2nd, 2012 message given to Mariana on the Day of Nonbelievers. Dear children, I am continuously among you because with my endless love I desire to show you the door of heaven. I desire to tell you how it is opened through goodness, mercy, love, and peace through my Son. Therefore, my children, do not waste time on vanities. Only knowledge of the love of my Son can save you. Through this salvific love and the Holy Spirit, He chose me, and I, together with Him, am choosing you to be apostles of His love and will. My children, great is the responsibility upon you. I desire that by your example you help sinners regain their sight, enrich their poor souls, and bring them back into my embrace. Therefore, pray, pray, fast, and confess regularly. If receiving my Son in the Eucharist is the center of your life, then do not be afraid. You can do everything. I am with you. Every day I pray for the shepherds, and I expect the same of you. Because, my children, without their guidance and strengthening through their blessing, you cannot do it. Thank you. Well, what do you think about that? Nothing? (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty interesting message. I believe that Our Lady is really, as time goes on, has given us more messages in ways that we can see things. I mean, this message is so full. It covers so many things. One thing that struck me the quickest, it was very quick, was she connects the word vanity with knowledge. She didn't even separate them. Therefore, my children, do not waste time on vanities. Only knowledge. So vanity and knowledge is together. 
and even separated only by the word only, is to emphasize only knowledge. So that even makes it more significant. And that's what I wrote about today, is about the education, the God of education. We, we are for, make no mistake, we are for being educated. We are very well read in our community. We don't have television. We don't have cell phones. We don't have home computers. We don't have any of these things. We don't want them. We got the computers in the mission. Very high tech, but they don't flow back, flow regurgitate back into our homes. We don't have internet anywhere on our grounds. So, what does that leave us? Well read. We like to read. Our kids like to read, and we 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 pass on this love of reading. And I tell you today, if you're not reading, you're not going to make it because you need to be informed, not by what the Pope has been told to you by the media, he says, but by what the Pope himself said are things of the day, are things you're researching. You can research, go to the library, or whatever you need to do at the internet there. Or if you do have it at your home, do the research. The point being made is it is very important to be educated today what's going on. But people are not being educated. They've been given facts. The knowledge you have is of the world. There's nothing you can do that increases knowledge that will help you in any shape, form, or fashion for what you need in this life and the next if it's absence of, of God, if it's absence of Jesus. Everything needs to be viewed. Everything, nothing, and I'm telling you nothing. There's nothing. There's not any science. There's not your mo- your, your manuals that need to be put together, uh, uh, a new product that you bought or appliance. Nothing needs to be given without the biblical perspective. You say, what do I mean by that? You mean, I'm expecting about the operation of your washing machine to be something of Jesus in there? Yeah, I am. Exactly what I'm expecting. But is it me? No. God expects that. He made it. When you get the washing machine, the first thing you do is put your hands on and consecrate it. Can you imagine that thing working for you on a pennies an hour to wash your clothes where everybody used to have to go down to the creeks? And when people went down the creeks in those days, what was the wash machines? They're in the banks of the dirt on the creek. A man mined that, and he took it out. And now he's got wonders where they've been putting silver inside, depositing silver inside the wash machine, releasing an ounce of silver. I do like 50,000 washes. I forgot the statistics on it. But in doing so, and by that happening, it kills all bacteria in clothing. But why can't it be on a manual? The, the, the wonders of creation has allowed us to develop the silver technology that can make everything sanitized naturally to the way it was created by its maker. You think that's odd? You think we have to have a wall built between where this is secular and this is secular? No, everybody used to do this. Everybody connected. People in the daily conversation. And they're going to the hardware stores a hundred years ago. You think they didn't they didn't say, God bless you when you left? Or you look at a new tool that comes up in that age of industrial where things are developing and say, yeah, God is incredible, isn't he? I can't get on a plane today without thinking, God, how did you make this piece of steel fly? It's your physics. Oh, I can understand the facts, how the draft of the wings and underneath it, and it takes some wind off the bottom, put it 
or the top drops over it, lifted it up underneath the wings. But did man do that? Did man make those physics, or did God? And so there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you need to see down to your coffee maker, down to the most complex development of technology or rockets or missiles or surgery or technological advances in, in medicine. There's nothing that is not of God. And so when Our Lady says this, do not waste time on vanities. Don't waste time on going to these universities and what they're teaching, absence of God. Only knowledge of the love of God, my son, can save you. Okay. You say, well, that's just salvatic love. No, it's just through salvatic love and the Holy Spirit. He chose me. And so we've got to realize the lady's talking about vanity with knowledge. And yes, they can be looking at it. Maybe she's talking about don't waste time on vanities. So, yes, it's plastic surgery. Yes, it's other things. It's perfumes. It's all this other stuff. But the fact that she says knowledge, don't miss this point. Don't dare miss this point, because the God of education is just that to the world today. It is God. Interestingly enough, as I just said, in her 25th message, attachment to the earth, a profound thing, when all the radical environmentalism and the radical environmentalists and what they think and what they do, it's incredible. And so we have this thinking of, of I've got to get my degrees and knowledge and stuff. And, it, and, and because I criticize this, I say things about this, that people think it's against education. No, it's what kind of education you're getting. Are you getting salvatic education? I don't mean you have to, I love to read about different things. I love to read war books. I love to look at things. I love to look at equipment. Everything, really. There's not anything. And our kids talk the same way. All broad subjects. That's why we can say so much. Because when we look at everything we're reading, and about these stupid mentalities of, of, of evolution that, that the glaciers pushed up the mountains, there's stone in the ground. You wash away the dirt, and what do you do? You have stone left. What about knowing the flood? It makes so much more sense about the flood washing across plains that wash out the loose material that left the mountains than glaciers pushing through, pushing the mountains up. That don't make any sense. Or for a river to, to big a big canyon? You think that's real? The Colorado made the Grand Canyon? There's science out there now showing the Grand Canyon is made in a matter of a few days, not millions of years. It's not just proof. And in the Grand Canyon, I've been there. When you're Grand Canyon, you've got a tree that's upright, petrified. And the geologists right next to it have determined that these little thin layers, you know, quarter inch or... Uh, uh, you know, the thickness of a fingernail and all these thousands of layers that lays up it took, took millions of years. Well, you go 25 feet away in that millions of years of time, there's a petrified tree stuck upright through millions of years. That don't make sense. How did they get there? That don't, that, it's crazy. So you could just prove what it is. How is a tree going through millions of years? You can't do that. It's not going to happen because if it was exposed, you'd say it got covered up after many years. The tree wouldn't exist. It deteriorated. The thing was put there as it was in the silt and the mud. 
There's different layers that come in flood at one time. Knowing the flood makes sense for everything we know. Everybody needs to, I want to write about this. It's incredible. Things coming up. The Mississippi River. They can determine how much is coming out of the mouth into the ocean of it and how far it goes. That when they retract the, the, the sediments that's come out into the ocean, it's just a few thousand years old because they know how much it grows each year. And so, what kind of knowledge are we supposed to be knowing? God wants us to be not stupid. But we're stupid because we only take knowledge absence of God, and that's vanity. Don't waste time on what the world is teaching. And for more detail on that, you can read what I wrote about this today. I won't go too much into that side of it. But anyway. But, but it's interesting what you're talking about here, because even the Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and uh, so, of course, that corresponds to everything that you're saying, that uh, only following the path of God or only only following in that way is what will actually bring you true wisdom. And it's, a, it's interesting that you do mention Noah and the flood because uh, even Jesus said in the New Testament, you know, they were eating, drinking, and marrying even up to the time of the flood. And, of course, there's certainly nothing wrong with eating and drinking and getting married, but Jesus gave that in a negative connotation as if the time of the world was a different time. And uh, it's exactly corresponding to what you're saying right now, that this, uh, these people were after vanity. And uh, maybe you can say a little bit more about that. People were after vanity in the sense of just living their own life, you mean? Right. I mean, it's you know obviously not seeing that God was about to do something to the world that doesn't make sense, of course. And I think you've mentioned this before, that it doesn't make sense that the people in the world at that time didn't know that God was about to do something, but yet continue to just live their life like normal. Well, when you when you look at everything through a biblical view, and I add to that now, when you look at everything through a message, biblical worldview, because the messages actually highlight, it's, it turbos the scriptures in a way that makes us see things that we couldn't see before, because all he's coming to us, speaking to us, in in the most advanced, modern, possible way of God's communication to us, and yet giving a witness in these words and what she's speaking of, of places she don't enter into. She don't enter into the cell phone. She don't say that. The, uh, the closest technology she's talking about is television, which she has mentioned several times, and that was to turn the thing off. Another time, renounce the television. What do you think about that? You know, she's not entering into modernism. There's people that think, well, we've got to come to where people are. Yeah, Paul did say that, okay? When you can enter in home, eat and drink what they give you. You know, when I'm in Rome, I'm, I'm with the I'm as Romans. When Greece, with the Greeks. And so that's true, but that's not adopting the wayward ways. And lady says that Satan wants to divert you through modernism. Okay? If a lady says that, Paul said, think about that. All right, says Satan wants to divert you through modernism. Okay, so if Satan wants to divert you, what does he want you to divert you through? Through modernism. Okay, this places in our lady's spirit of her words that modernism, what we've accepted, is not what we accept it to be, some great positive. She puts it in the context of the negative. It hurts you. Another time our lady says, your freedom is your weakness. Modernism has given so much freedom to do anything and do so many different things that are, are just 
omissions of sin because it, it preoccupies us so much so and consumes us so much in our thinking, waking and sleeping and riding and moving and cars, transport, everything. Well, it's such a saturation that it, it, it's a natural effect of omission without even realizing it's affecting our ability to be looking at everything biblically. Look at everything to the eyes of a computer, everything to the eyes of the cell phones, everything to the eyes of technology. What's the next greatest thing coming up? And so there's people who can't wait till the new cell phones or Apple phones or whatever they're called come up, and they've got a brand new one, and the second time they come up, they just get rid of that and buy another one. They're addicted to these things. And he says, this is false glitter, literally. She said, this is Steve on the mountain. And so we've got to realize these things have a natural side effect, just like a medicine you might take, gives you a whole list of side effects. Okay. One of the side effects of modernism is the omission, sense of omission. You've got a daily duty to God to be communicated to Him. If you don't fulfill that duty, you get weak. And if you get weak, you fall into patterns of sense. You may not even realize it. It's easy to be good today. Just look at the newspaper and you say, well, I'd never do that. But list your life and then compare it to 100 years ago. If somebody see how you live on a daily basis, what you expose yourself to, your eyes, and what you do, and what you say, and how you think, they'd be appalled. They'd be appalled that you'd be a great sinner. The modernism and its preoccupation with things of the world has made us commit, commit continuous, a continuous pattern of modern, of sin. My lady said today, I, she starts off, I am continuously among you. You know, it's kind of strange she says that. Why does she say it that way? Because we're continuously wed to this system that keeps us so occupied and wired, we don't know how to get away from it. But she knows she has to be just as persistent. She has to know, she knows, I am continuously among you because with my endless love I desire to show you the door of heaven. And what doors are we looking at? What windows are in your computer? What are you opening up all the time? What door in a cell phone has always been open on, on you know, your cell phone computer? Because they well, listen to We got way through that. So be it. We don't, we don't do it. We don't have it in our homes. And so when you grow and you mature, you start seeing things. You need to very limit it. And we do research on the Internet, but it doesn't control us. It's not our door to the culture. It's our door to, to when we use it, research to verify what we want to from a biblical standpoint, a biblical view. And so it's a tool in that sense. But it's not my God. It's not the community care to us as God. And we never let it be that way. That's why we don't have it on the grounds. We have to make ourselves work to go out in twos. Jesus sent us off in twos. One person in the community care to us can't go in there by themselves. We put that in place. We don't trust that thing. We don't like it. Because it gets, it's the devil's right there with it. And so you say, well, that's uh, like an immaterial. Well, then you strong enough, you do that. But we're not. And so we have this whole system, as we walk and we talk with this, occupying us all day long. The lady says, I'm continuously among you. To me, that was a real incredible word, 
because we have this continuous strain on our time, our ways. I was walking yesterday, and I heard this lady tell her, her, her son, he was about 10 years old. She said, thank you for not whining. I told her, a couple people from the community with us, said, did you just hear that? She, we're having, parents are having to thank the kids for not whining. What, then an hour later, just to go to, to do that, I was in a, went in the bathroom, uh, and when I went in the bathroom and washed my hands, it had a sign there in the mirror. It says, thank you for washing your hands. I, mean, what, I looked at that and said, what kind of world are we coming to? We think if it's just doing normal things. It's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, we, and we've got the vanity of knowledge. That's how stupid we've become. We've got people at this restaurant thanking us for washing our hands. It's, it's unbelievable. Think about that for a little bit. Thank you for not whining. What kind of parent is that? Stop the daylights out of the kid. <laughs> That's what you need to do if they whine. You don't thank them for not doing something bad. You you might praise them for saying, you know, you're such a good son. But what do we come to? We've come to stupidness. It's like the song we played before. You know, it says, uh, everybody's gone stupid. You know, it must be stupid in the water. Well, they're drinking the water. They don't even know what's right from wrong anymore. People say, oh, maybe too harsh, too, too critical and stuff. I mean, just step back and look. Look, I, I know one of the community kids was saying the other day, was this, this old, older man was walking by, and, and he went and looked at him, and he's walking down the sidewalk, and he, the guy kind of bumped him with his elbow when he did. And and he looked at him like, what are you doing it for? You know, But I knew what the old man was doing it for. He, he's so sick of looking at youth and they're not respectful. He's been, he's, this guy probably fought in World War II or uh, Vietnam or something and, and gave his life and he used to run around without thinking. I was told when, when an older gentleman was coming through the door, you back out of the door and let that guy come through, a woman. You know, and someone wasn't big enough for all of them. The kids should have been thinking. Yeah, I'm saying one of our community kids to be respectful. Well, where have we lost this? We've lost the whole way of what real respect is. Because if there's no respect, there's no love. Through goodness, mercy, and love and peace. Poor man, God, Jesus talks about those who are his enemies, the Pharisees. He'd bow down to them out of respect. And so we've grown more vain that you think they're the same thing as somebody that's 70. And they don't think nothing about, you know, why should I step off the sock? He should get over too. Step out of the way. See, we've lost the way. We've lost the way of respect. And so I said, he says, I desire that by your example, you you help sinners regain their sight. Isn't that interesting when she just used the word sight? I thought, was that the 25th message? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was just the, uh, Our Lady said on the May 25th message, um, I, Therefore I call you anew, open your heart and your sight towards God and the things of God, and joy and peace will come to reign in your hearts. And today she says, example, by your example, rather, I desire that by your example, you help sinners regain their sight, enrich their poor souls, and bring them back to God in my embrace. I fear for my family. I'm frightened. I'm afraid of the future. Words heard all across our sick nation. Do not be afraid. 
a gift of peace is yours. Apparitions of Mary through Christian history comes in such times as these. The world needs a mother. Be present for five apparitions of the Virgin Mary to Medjugorje visionary Maria to consecrate yourselves, families, and nation to God. Join thousands across the nation July 1st through 5th, 2012 at Caritas, Alabama. A 4th of July experience that will heal your heart, the nation, and change your life. Call 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000, or visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com. Five apparitions with the Queen of Peace, Caritas, Alabama, July 1st through 5th. See medj.com. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. You know, we got the, we got the July 1st and the 5th brochures with us while we're out of town. And we just, I mean, because we carry those, well, all, we, all we have to do is just watch for opportunities. And it's incredible how many opportunities to come up in just general conversations and different things coming up where we can give something to somebody. And, and and it's amazing. It's, it's clearly our lady putting people on the way uh, to to do this. If you make yourself in that position, God will put you in that position. You can't reach poor sinners though and bring them back to the embrace if you're not yourself denouncing sin in your own life and say I'm turning away from these things. You might fall. You know you're always got acknowledged before God that you're a sinner. But by the example of these sinners that's out there that don't know, there's people, uh, I talked to a girl yesterday that I was out, and she was saying, I don't know how we got talking about it, but something, something about cell phones. I said, we don't have them. And I have my daughter with me, and one of the two inch girls, and she said, uh, you don't have a cell phone? I said, no. She says, that's wild. I guess this girl's 22 or 23 or so. And she said, uh, she falls for a minute and she said, well, you know what? That, that saved me 50 bucks a month. You know, she never stopped to think. You know, she still continues to connect it, but she started getting intrigued by it. She said, well, so your daughters have them, she? I said, no, they don't. And she said, well, when do they get one? I said, they're not. And so I started explaining what we do. She says, wow, that's really neat. But what do you do when something goes wrong? I said, same thing people did 50 years ago. You know, I said, people got people for thousands of years have made it without cell phones. She said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are so used to this that they don't even know they can operate without it. Oh, yeah, there's inconveniences. There's discomforts. But give me those any day of the week. to the inconvenience of being interrupted constantly by this technology and other technologies that go along with this kind of information society. And so... You say separate mission. Sure, you separate mission. We're using it again in our management system. It's not managing us. And so many people's day is dictated by these things: where they're going to go, what they're going to do, how they're going to deal with it. And we're afraid of technology. We're only afraid if we if we allow it to rule us. We're its ruler. It doesn't rule us. And that's what everybody out there's got to do. And the things you simply don't need. You don't need a television in your house. I, that, we went in this conversation with this girl from there. She says, wow. 
I'm going to throw my TV away. And we wouldn't say a whole lot. It's just that people don't hear this stuff. I just added by example, you help sinners regain their sight and rich their poor souls and bring them back to my embrace. And we didn't get our material. In fact, I had an IC farm a car. And we got an IC farm brought it to her. You know, and she said she, she liked to read. So we have so much opportunity, and, and God's grace is with you. Our Lady said something here that if you, uh, I am with you, and every day I pray for my, well, let me go back a little bit. Uh, therefore, pray, therefore, pray, pray, fast, and confess regularly. What does that put you in position of doing in the state of grace? If you sin, you run to that confession. It puts you in a position of the grace flowing from heaven and what heaven's will is to be a vessel in you to do what is heaven wants you to do. So if you're regularly in tune with heaven, the frequencies, you got your frequency on that and not your radios and secular things, then when opportunity comes up, what does God do? If I receive my son in the Eucharist, is the center of your life, then do not be afraid. You can do everything. And we see this. There's times I'm tempted to get on a plane and not bring something miserable with me, and I always regret it, because no sooner I get on there, I'm sitting beside somebody, starts up some kind of conversation, and I don't, you know, when I first went to Michigan where I try to drive it toward that, I don't do that no more. In fact, I want to be quiet, because I have to talk so much about it. But nevertheless, it comes out what I do, what it's about, and we've already know we've got people coming in July just because we run across the path. You be armed. Your gun is your car put inside of the bullets in your car, the, the July 1st to the 5th brochures. Stock it up. And just look at an opportunity. It could be somebody sitting there telling kids, thank you for uh, not whining. Say, you know what you need? Take this brochure. This will change your life, lady. Right. This is astounding that you could hear these kinds of things. I was in another place a few months ago, and I heard a lady say, all right, to her kid, um, and she said, she said something. A kid was just doing wild. The kids, you know, a kid gets out of school, he's after school. They wind up. they got to run. they got to jump. At seven, eight years, ten years old, they got to move around. He jumped off and on the wall. He's one of those. And she says, you know, you're annoying me. I thought, what kind of mother is that? The kid wasn't doing nothing. In fact, he was amusing me. I was watching him. Well, was it? She's amused. That's her son. And so we don't even look at things in the right way. We don't even give freedom in the proper way to, to kids to be kids. We don't have a youth problem. We have a, we have a parent problem. And when we begin to see these things, everything begins to make much more sense to us. Now, ju- ju- uh, just to jump in right there, uh, your comment that we don't have a, a youth problem, we have a parent problem, uh, this course i think ties in with what our lady said about praying for the shepherds uh, that without their guidance and strength and blessing that you cannot uh, you cannot do it and and i'm wondering if you know, i'm wondering if it, if you, we we don't have a whole lot of time but i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you felt your role was as a father and the blessing that you give to your children that this is something that people can start doing in their own families well every one of my sons since the day they were born i was I, I'm praying for uh, their future spouses, their relationship with Christ, and for their purity. And in praying for that, you pray, you give a blessing every night. I've done that for my children all the way through. 
and bustle on the thorns. So, you know, as a shepherd of the family, I can do that. It's interesting Our Lady repeatedly says shepherds, but she doesn't say the bishops. The bishops are the apostles. They're the shepherd, they care the shepherd's staff. Okay, we know that. But there are also shepherds out there who are the in a position as lay people. They're also in position as secular people. There's people out there the shepherds and, and really, really shepherd society. And you, you have to pray for them. We, we hear people pray for our leaders. We don't have many statesmen out there that's really shepherds. But the one, there are true shepherds out there. There are people in, in the Catholic Church that are really doing marvelous work that are not priests and bishops. So when Our Lady says this, and, and the beautiful thing is if you're a shepherd and an apostle, because Our Lady said today, again, that shows you. He chose me. The Son, Holy Spirit, chose me, and I, together with Him, and choosing you to be an apostle of His love and will. What is His will? His will is that you counter people today. You hear things, you hear an opportunity, and you do it this way. I was out another time last week or so, and I heard a mother talk to her, her, her daughter, and the daughter starts testing back, and I came on, and the daughter wasn't five years old. I said, You better do what your mother says to do. And I kept on walking, never slowed down. The mother kind of halfway smiled, like, oh, man, I got some support. You know, what if every every peer pressure came on kids with all around, like, I'm shocked that you're talking to your parents that way. You know, we don't have that because the television is teaching this other ways. The, the, the program is teaching this. So when I was talking about this blessing of the shepherds, uh, what is the shepherd? Who are the shepherds in your life? Who are the shepherds that affect you? Just as our bishops, just as our priests, but it goes beyond that. Our Lady cleverly has not even mentioned that. And you say, well, you know, only priests can bless. That's not true. And there's been a lot of controversy made by those who are controversial because the special blessing is not controversial. The Pope, when he makes a declaration, he is not controversial. When we say in the Church that we're not going to pay, pray, pay for other people's abortion, we're not controversial. Controversial is made by controversial people. I resent this every time I hear it. And even Catholics bring this up. Even news reporters or Catholic magazines bring up the controversial issues in, this, in the culture about <coughs> the Catholics having to pay for abortion. Uh, what's controversial about that? No, it's truth. Truth will draw people who are trying to make it controversial. Truth is truth. There's nothing controversial about it. So if you say truth is controversial, what does the lady say truth is? Truth is God. So God's controversial? A lot of our battle, a lot of our war, is being educated with knowledge to understand, I don't accept that. I don't accept what you just said. This is controversial. Because people say, Caritas is controversial. They said, I'm controversial. I'm not controversial. You don't like what I say, reject it. Because I love Our Lady, because I believe in Our Lady. Who's making a controversy? If people don't want to follow what I'm saying, that's okay, I don't have any problem with it. So the other thing, if I was, contra- if I was controversial, I'd be forcing this. You're going to do this, you got to do this, or you're going to go to hell if you do this. <clears throat> that's controversial. But it's not controversial to spread the message. It's not controversial to sit there and say, you can't live a abomination. But you'll see everybody... I say the controversial thing. Reject this kind of talk. Take the high ground. Take the moral ground. No, you're controversial, and you're making the controversy. Judge Warren Moore, who I know very well, <clears throat> and, uh, the Ten Commandments judge, and now that a Protestant, good man, didn't want to take his Ten Commandments out of the, uh, the courtroom. 
Hell, he is. He's controversial. What, what's controversial about that? So, if he's controversial, the Ten Commandments are controversial. Controversial. If the Ten Commandments are controversial, then God's controversial. So, you can't have it. You can't have it that way. Reject these people's arguments, and then you can take these poor people, these poor sinners, to regain sight and enrich their poor souls. Bring them back to the embrace of God. But that's controversial. Controversial to pray to use Jesus' name in public assemblies now, and and military chaplains can't do that. That's controversial. You've accepted the lie because all of us have been part of that. He's wanting to educate us with knowledge about our Son to save us, and that doesn't mean walking around just prayers and teaching about knowledge of prayer. It's it's everything. It's the trees growing out in your yard. The grass is growing. How do you see it? How do you explain it? I don't know how much time we got left, Rez, but... Uh, well, we, I think we are probably running a little short uh, right now on the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, do you have any more questions, Ruth? Do you have no questions? Actually, I do. Um, this message I really found very pointed and filled with direction. Um, Our Lady really giving us, for instance, the message last month, May 2nd. Our Lady says, do not keep shutting the door of heaven to yourselves. Where in this one, she tells us, I'm going to show you how to open it. Also in that message, she said, my children, do not waste time. In this one, she tells us what not to waste time on. Um, June 18, 2010, she says, this time is a time of responsibility. And in this one, she says, great is the responsibility upon you. And also in many of her messages, she calls us to be apostles. But this one, she actually tells us uh, what our response, some of our responsibilities are by helping sinners regain their sight, enrich their poor souls, and bring them back into my embrace. And there's so much more. I can look at this message, and this particular message pulls me so much into many different scripture verses, uh, more so than uh, several of Our Lady's other messages. And I just was wondering if you had any comment on that. Well, I think the key to that is I desire to show you the door of heaven. Satan desires to show you the door of hell. Okay, when you when you door heaven is gonna, she's she's showing us. Okay, she, I desire to show you how she's showing us. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. I need you to fast. I need you to confess regularly. This is the door to heaven. Okay, what are those things in your life that are doors to hell that stops you from praying and praying and fasting and converting or or confession? Again, it's very clear. We got a distinct thing of modernism that is held in your hands that shuts the door. If you pray the time you spend on these things, and the use of these things, you're opening the door. Close that door in your life. Start, start minimizing. I'm not going to do this, but this time I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use it except in emergency. Minimize it. And what are you going to do with the rest of that time? Pray. Pray. That's opening the doors of the salvation gift that God's given to us through Jesus' the Son. Pray. I, I can't even imagine having television now. I think it's I think it's it's ignorance, if not stupidity, to have television. People may be offended by that. Well, I can't give it for the spouse. That's, that's that's complicated. I see far explains that. Get I see far and read it. After you read that, and you see what this thing does to your brain. Then why would you want to do it? And what do you find the time to do it? I said, don't waste time. Today she said again, don't waste time or vanity. Because the, the box is vanity. The thing it doesn't, 
get your television, get a pad of paper. You write down, sit down, watch it for two hours and list. You won't have time. It'll go so machine gun fast at you, you won't have time to list what the vanity is. You just say one, two, three, four. Every time you hear something vain, every time something shows vanity, every single, and I'm not talking about one commercial, but it's the one. In that commercial, how many times, you know, the same one, what they said, two. You'll have thousands of thousands of numbers there throughout the day in this box that promotes nothing but vanity. Nothing but it. And so you say, well, I'm watching a religious program. I've seen religious when I used to watch TV. I gave it up because that's what I went to, this religious program. I saw them so much vanity. They did it turn me off. You know, it's, go, go out, go out. Your, your TV is creation. Go out and have an encounter with God. Go out and see that. Go for a walk. Medjugorje is some of the best places to convert is in the, in the trails and in the mountains. And it's where is continually called the visionaries. Not even in the church. And he says here today, the Eucharist is a center. Okay? When that grace comes to you, though, it's usually out there on the trails. You got it from the Eucharist, but then you're, you're away from everybody. You're in solitude. Where did Jesus go? The synagogue? No, he went to the mountains to pray. He went to Mount Tabor. He did his holiest things. Some of the holiest things will happen out in creation and out in nature. Not attached to it. Not that it's God, not that it can't heal itself, or we got to be watching and be tree huggers. It's that, recognize it for what it is. God made this beauty, and it's beauty beyond anything man can do itself. Even as a washing machine drawn from the very soils that people used to do for thousands of years on the side of the banks of the creeks to wash your clothes. It's all from God. If you see anything from your light switch to your cord pulling down your blinds to your to clock on the wall, it's from God. He made that. We just arranged the physics that he created, the elements in the soil, the technology and the, and the electrons and all those. We were able to funnel that in an arrangement that he allowed of what he invented. We didn't even invent it. We found it. It was laid there. The means for the electronic clock was there 10,000 years ago. We just, we've, he just, he found it. If anything we could say, the most we could say is we discovered something that was there. It's always been there. A discovery is not something you invented. We don't invent nothing. That's vanity. And when we understand these things, well, we'll have happiness, joy. I guess we're out of time now, so... Right, and just Anything to, you need to make announcements? Uh, just to complete the thought here, um, that uh, for, for what a friend of Medjugorje is speaking about, again, the, the book I See Far will go into a lot more detail about uh, the whole idea of what Our Lady has spoken about regarding the television. And again, it's interesting that he spoke about that uh, today when Our Lady speaks about regaining sight and how many children and how many people lose their physical vision in front of the television set and how, uh, how much of a difference it makes when you actually are in God's creation. So again, that book, I See Far, is available as a free download on Medjugorje.com. You can go to download the left- it. Yeah, you download can go to- it all over the world. Right, so you can go to the left-hand menu, and uh, in the download books, there's, uh, you'll see it there, I See Far, and um, it's not actually a very long read. It's actually a relatively short read, and, uh, but it's full of Our Lady's Wisdom. And again, that's a free download, again, on Medjugorje.com. And so, one thing I did mention that I'd like to just take note of is this message is really a lot about witness and your witness and what you need to do. 
we didn't even go on that topic. And this message has so many. We can do a radio show on this thing every day for the next whole year. So what's important? You read. It's critical that you read. Stay in, stay in the books every free time. Put down all of the technologies. And look at it from a biblical perspective. And, of course, read the Bible. Read religious things. But you can read things of varied interest. And look at these things through God's view. So we wish you a lady. We love you. 